Welcome to Narratives and Nightcaps, the book club podcast where we dive into the details of a novel, pair it with a fitting nightcap, and leave a little review when all is said and done. I'm Bree. And I'm Megan. And this is our final discussion about People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry. Yeah, it's review day. It's review day. Made it. Part three. And to do that, so for this episode, we are still sipping Palomas, the perfect pairing for people we meet on vacation. It's super simple and you can kind of do, I mean, you can like mix it up a little bit, do whatever you want. Also on this note, so ever since we've been making Palomas for this book, I've had one of those things where once you start to talk about something or you know of something, it just like pops up everywhere everywhere. in the world. Yes. I'm just, Palomas are everywhere. Like last night I was watching um, the Summer Baking Championship on Food Network (laughs) and because I love those shows. And the girl was, one of the girls was talking about a Paloma. She was making like a Paloma cake. What? I also, know. that sounds like it could be really good. Like a, I don't know. Like, I'm almost picturing, like, well, maybe more of a pie, like a key lime pie, but like grapefruit. Like, that could be kind of good. I don't know. It could be really good. I know. When she first said it, I kept thinking, girl, that's risky. But yeah. then the judges loved it. So. Okay. Well, go Paloma Cake. We'll I have know. To, maybe the we'll recipe. expand our horizons and get into a baking pairing with our nightcap and narrative. Well, and and it was something like she did, she was talking about Palomas, but she did like a grapefruit poppy seed. So she also threw in some other stuff, but anywho, Palomas are everywhere. So I love that. I love that. I feel like that totally happens. Um, My mom says it always happens to her when either they or like someone she knows, like my parents or someone else in, in our family or even outside the family gets like a new vehicle. All of a sudden she sees like that exact color make and model of vehicle everywhere and like previously she had never noticed it before so now i i totally understand what you're saying of like pops up once and then all of a sudden it's like your whole life revolves around it that's so true that does happen with cars all the time i feel like that's a really big one where you're like i really like this car and then you get it and all of a sudden everyone has that yes and you're like wait i thought i was the only one and then it's like Actually, no, like everyone's sibling drives it. (laughs) Well, if you want to make a Paloma, it is perfect for summertime. It's so refreshing. It goes honestly so well with this book and Palm Springs and that entire atmosphere. So it's about two ounces silver tequila, like a tablespoon of lime juice, two ounces grapefruit juice. You can shake all of that, pour it over ice, and then top it off with like sparkling grapefruit water or juice or club soda or soda water and just if you're going some with something that doesn't really have flavor add a bit of sweetness to it by adding some simple syrup or some agave and then you're all set yeah I think on our first recording I mentioned the like brand and I was like unsure of what brand of sparkling grapefruit juice I was using and I it's confirmed it is called fever tree and it is really good I picked it up at my local grocery store and it it came in like a cute little it's like a cute little four pack and it was in our like mixer section and and it's they make all 
all kinds of like they have like fever tree club soda fever tree lime soda like all of this different stuff but it's like specifically for mixing and they come in like tiny little cute bottles that's like perfect for for your cocktail I'm so intrigued I need to see if I have it at my grocery store because I've never heard of it yeah it's they're really good so sponsor us All right, well, let's talk about Poppy and Alex and where their journey is going to end today. No, yeah, I mean, we have already uncovered a lot. And remember, we're on our countdown of like previous summers to get to the climax of this book. So, and what happened? Right, what happened in freaking Croatia? So now we're going to find out. All right, part recap of part two real quick, just so everyone feels caught up with where we are. Um, we are taking on the journey of Poppy Wright and Alex Nilsson from platonic friend relationship to essentially blossoming lovers is kind of where we left off. Um, clearly something has always been there between them, but their summer vacations push them to discover that even more as they are adventuring new cities, sites, and foods together. So a lot of one-on-one intimate time spent together during their summer vacations. On their current trip to Palm Springs, things are seemingly going from bad to worse. The AC at their rental is broken. In the last part, they had just blown a tire after like an exhausting day that really seemed like no one was interested in. And Poppy especially is trying really, really hard to reconnect her friendship with Alex because they haven't spoken in the last two years since this lingering event of Croatia. So they've been kind of on the outs the past two years, and this was her moment to really get them back together. We are left off. Um, Our final chapter was that Poppy and Alex are hot, tired, bothered, just like not having a great day. And they want to attempt to get into the pool at their rental, which has been completely shut down. And in kind of a desperate act, they go back to their room and Poppy is like shredding off the tarping that's hanging on the balcony. And in this like heated moment, they're also, Alex and Poppy are are bickering and fighting. And it's just, it's just not turning out to be a great day. So just as um, things are kind of winding down, they both take a step back and apologized and whatever. Um, Poppy and Alex find themselves in a very intimate and vulnerable moment while the rain is falling around them. And I'm pretty sure they're either mid-kiss or about to kiss where we left off. <laughs> All we know is it is happening. It is happening. So we just don't have the details yet correct yes we know that poppy was like this has to happen this needs to happen it is happening so we're going to cover chapters 25 through the epilogue and leave our little review afterwards so getting right into it chapter 25 this is four summers ago working with rnr which is rest and relaxation magazine publishing whatever you want to call it that's where poppy works Poppy is supposed to be going on a trip to Norway and Iceland, spending four days at each spot. Another parallel to another book we've read. How does this keep happening? (laughs) So many parallels. I feel like this is a sign 
that we need to go to do this Norway, yes. Sweden. I mean, heck, I'll throw in Iceland. Never been. Want to go? Yeah. Like, let's just throw in this journey that we need to go on. Clearly, every book is telling us to go. We either need to go to Europe or, yeah, Scandinavia, because like that's all of our settings for all of our novels. But yes. and again, in this book, they bring up the Ice Hotel, which I think we talked about I in the that. Midnight Library. <laughs> so it's all coming together. I think we talked about it with Oh, I don't know. You brought oh, it up. Have. Because Ove was in Sweden. Yeah. Okay, maybe it was Ove, but Norway was Yeah. Was Nora either from way. Yeah. anyway. Either way, maybe this is a sign that all of our books are following in the right path and we're on the right trail of life. I don't know. This is a sign of something. <laughs> okay. So um, so they're gonna spend four days in Norway, four days in Iceland. This is the game plan, eight day trip. R and R is paying for it. Of course, Poppy asks Alex to come since this would be happening over their typical summer vacation time. And um, it's basically all expenses are paid for. I think Alex might just have to buy a plane ticket. So everything yeah. else is covered. He's the real winner in this whole deal. Oh, for sure. It's just to have to pay for your way to get there. But then you get to stay at all of these super cool places. I mean, I'm sure you're not shelling out like, yeah, you might have to pay for a meal or two, whatever. Sure. But he's a real winner in this whole setup. Absolutely. Well, and especially like knowing that she has like literally a week, over a week's worth of like itinerary book that's paid for. I'm sure they're doing different tastings, different. It just, yeah, everything. Alex is just getting the, the best end of the stick if possible. So um, also with this trip, unlike previously, since Poppy is working for a, a, a traveling company, um, sh there's also going to be a photographer joining them on this trip named Trey, who sounds like he's fairly new and this would also be their first time traveling together. Um, Alex is newly single from his relationship on again, off again with Sarah. And Poppy is also single during this trip. Holla. While they are texting back and forth about the trip and their excitement to see each other, it is revealed to the reader that Poppy is actually really sick. Like she just, she thought it was like a head cold thing and it's just progressing to be worse and worse to the point that she actually emails her boss and is like, hey, I'm going to have to sit out at least the first leg of travel, we'll see how I'm feeling. Um, there's a lot kind of around this exchange with her boss. And I think I didn't mention it in depth, but I think it's cool to bring up because I feel like a lot of people are always so timid when letting their superiors know like what is going on with their health. And so her boss, uh, Swapna, wrote back and was like, you don't need to apologize for stuff like this. Like getting sick happens. It's going to happen again. Just own it. Let me know what you want to do and like move forward. Don't send me this. Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. I can't believe this is happening. Cause she was like, it's just out of your control. Just let me know how you want to proceed when you're feeling better. And I just feel like that's such a huge message to anybody who has to email their boss. Like, Hey, you can't come in today. I'm sick. Like don't be upset or don't be sorry for, you know, a situation that you can't handle. So thought I would mention that brief exchange as well. No, I noticed that too. I know we haven't talked a lot about her, but Swapna is pretty awesome. Yeah. When 
it comes to like a leader in a corporate environment, it is a really good example and representation of what that relationship should be like between an employee and their superior. So kudos to Emily Henry for including that in that way. And I will say like, even though I know better, I'm definitely that person that even if I was sick, whatever, I always reach out to people and I'm like, so, so sorry to have to tell you this. And like, if it's not okay, don't worry, no worries. But like, I'm on my deathbed right now. Yeah. And if you need me there, I'll figure it out. I'll make it happen. And even though that's so wrong, like when you're right. sick, you can't help it. And you need to just let people know you don't need to get anyone else sick. And yeah. And your boss should be accepting of that. And if they're not, then honestly, they're not in a position to be a leader and shouldn't be. Whoa. Okay. Snapping at that. I love it. No, it's so true. Especially like now that, I mean, obviously COVID's pretty over with, I would say like, it's not gone obviously, but like that amount of sickness around, I mean, we were in a freaking epidemic and I feel like there was still a lot of push back and forward on how to handle employees being out of work, especially when it wasn't during the forced quarantine time. So I think this is important. And, and again, like having a leader like that, she also does come up again in a few later chapters as um, another good mentor and person for Poppy to lean on. So she, love that we have a great a, she cares about her as a human. Yes. And although like, I feel sorry, I'm not gonna, I'll like get off this. So no, it's okay. In a second. But um, <laughs> I just like, I do think that like our generation and younger generations, that is one positive is that like they are recognizing that. And so that is a good thing, but there, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to make a generation conversation because there are definitely people our age too, who are not that way. And, but it does come down to just like being a leader and recognizing your employees as actual humans right? and not like numbers and you yes. can care about them as a human being first. Yes. And so I do like that that's represented. Yes. All in all, she seems like a really wonderful boss. So yes. throwing that in there, perfect. Um, Poppy, kind of coming back from that, encourages Alex to continue on the trip. Again, since everything is paid for, like he would have a place to stay. His tickets are already booked. Like he might as well go the first four days and she would catch up with him on the second leg of the trip. And he... I don't know that we really got like a huge response from him. It was just like, are, are you sure? Like, is everything okay? And then next thing you know, like Poppy's like out of it, basically unresponsive at that point. She didn't die. Nothing bad's happening. <laughs> She's just fighting a really, really, really bad sickness. So um, in kind of like a fever dream later in like the same, same day, same week, Poppy thinks that she's hearing her name being called and like pounding at her door, but she's like so disoriented, so out of it. She checks her phone and sees that she has a lot of missed calls and texts from, excuse me, from Alex. And then she starts hearing her name called again and finally goes to the front door and it's Alex there, like ready to take care of her. And I don't know that he realized like what kind of, cause I think he showed up with like, Hey, I'm not going to go on the trip without you. Like, I brought some food, whatever, but like she shows up like comforter wrapped around her, clearly super high fever. She looks and feels like crap. I can only imagine. Um, and I think he was a little taken aback because we also know that Alex is a little 
maybe a little bit of a germaphobe. And so right away he was like, go shower, go pee, go like take care of yourself. He like remade her bed for her. He went out and got her more medication. Um, and so I think really she, Poppy was a, a lot worse off than she was initially letting on to him. Um, she's also like, she hasn't eaten. She's just super uncomfortable with everything going on and just really has been too exhausted to do anything about it. So Alex ultimately plays nurse to Poppy over the next few days, um, ensuring that she's getting food and water and medication and showering, just overall good hygiene going on there. Um, and we find out, I think she eventually goes to a, a doctor's appointment that she has pneumonia, not the hospitalization kind, but enough to clearly knock you on your ass for a few days. Um, and she's going to continue to be laid up for the next few days and need some pretty intense medication. Alex stays with her during this whole time, sharing stories about his mom and how things were when he was growing up, how his dad was through the loss of his mom. Um, we just really get a lot of background on kind of his upbringing and how he had to really step up and be the one for both his, all of his brothers and his dad. And um, so there's a lot of like, I guess, intimacy in that sharing of what his life really was like after his mom had passed away. Um, and they're kind of like cuddling and snuggling while all of this is happening. She just wanted to be like close to someone. I think she had mentioned too, like she, when she gets sick, she really misses her mom. And so just having him there, I think was really helpful. As Poppy begins to feel better and starts having more awareness, their intimacy kind of starts to fizzle. And it's like, okay, you're getting better. You're, you're more aware of what's going on. It could have been the fever or the medicine talking, and they both kind of back off from each other a little bit. Um, and she, kind of has to like justify to herself that they just really aren't right for each other, that they are just friends. After Alex has left, he texts her four days later. So they've missed the whole trip. They're not even bothering. The trip is over. Um, he texts her four days later with a picture of her, of his cat sitting on the book of the author that the cat's named after and texts the words, quote, fate. And I think a little bit of background to that is Alex had been sending like mostly pictures of his cat to her, but like putting little comments and remarks that it almost seemed like, wait, are you talking about the cat or are you talking about me? And so I think this is another one of those things where it's a cat picture, but I think the words are meant for her. And that's me speculating, but I think those are those words. <laughs> I agree, though, because so it's still I know we talked about it last time. It's been kind of hard to judge what ex how exactly he feels like mm -hmm. I'm firmly in the court that Poppy is just trying to convince herself that there's nothing there. Like She keeps having to tell herself that. That's yes. where I'm at. But we don't really know for sure where he is at. But to me, those little texts do tell more yes I think he's trying to disguise it with like oh haha it's my cat but it's also like okay well you don't just I mean I feel like there's there's a lot of things that aren't yeah like read between the lines people that's basically what I'm saying <laughs> okay I Chap concur chapter 26 so 
<laughs> don't hate me. I don't know if you could see my notes, but like yeah. I didn't. There's like chapter 26 is just sex, basically. I like literally wrote it's this summer, so they're in Palm Springs. I wrote kissing, kissing, consent that things are going well. Reveal that Alex has had a vasectomy. <laughs> sex <laughs> poppy loves it didn't realize this is how it should have always been even though she's claimed she's had good sex before and finally they both admit out loud that they love each other like in love with each other not just the friend love that is all of chapter 26 <laughs> tell me i'm wrong <laughs> you're not wrong honestly you summed it up so nicely <laughs> Like it really was like straightforward to the point. This is yeah. what happens. They love each other. Boom. In the rain, of course. In the rain, every, the rain yeah. is pouring. They just get closer Nothing and closer. Nothing hotter than that. Nothing hotter. Yep. <laughs> and this is a big moment. Alex had sex outside. And yes. he had said previously that he didn't like that. And he did it for Poppy. So, and he loves her and he loves her. And they both were very much like, I love you. And weren't like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just said that. They were just like, I love you. Love that. We have a lot of book left. We do. Yep. So there's a lot more that's going to happen. Okay. Chapter 27. Well done. (laughs) You did a great job. I'm just. Thanks. Thanks. Well done. (laughs) Thank you. I, I do what I can here. Okay. Chapter 27 this summer. Laying on the tarp of the balcony. Oh, oops, I already said this part. Sex outside was something Alex wouldn't do, but here we are. Um, They both agreed that they would definitely do it again. Uh, They also agreed that they have to find a hotel for the night. They cannot continue to stay roasting in this rental apartment anymore. Suddenly, a knock on the door and a man yelling puts them into a panic Um, Poppy rushes to the front door, barely clothed, and is trying to kind of stall whoever's there. Uh, It turns out the man is Nikolai, who is the uh, rental owner, um, and he has come to basically somewhat apologize, refund them, and let them know, like, hey, it's actually not just your place. Like, this entire half of the building is completely out of AC I'm going to refund you for the past three nights that you've stayed here. And he did say, like, I thought you were just being, like, annoying, but turns out there actually is a problem. So I came and check on it. (laughs) And um, then he also, like, that's all settled. And on his way, he's like, oh, I forgot something and gave them a, a note or an envelope that was sitting on their welcome mat before taking off. Inside the envelope, I'm assuming, is a note from Bob and Stacy, who are the other newlyweds that they had bumped into at the airport shuttle and then again at the pool. Uh, And they gave them a Groupon for a spa in the area that they were unable to use because they were on to their next part of their journey. And uh, they wanted to gift this to Poppy and Alex instead, which I think they were like, oh my God, this sounds so good. I can't wait to go to the spa. Or Poppy had even said like, I've heard really good things about this place. So um, this section kind of just goes to show you that the people you meet on vacation are kind hearted with good intentions and sometimes can get you into spas. So that was, that was me. That was me talking there. Not, not the (laughs) 
well played, well played, but so true. Yes. And what I think is funny, so there's a little bit of banter at the end of that chapter where they're like, man, we didn't even know what their names were. And like, you just, they go on like, like, it's like when you introduce someone as like, oh, hey, you, and you wait for them to say their name and they have a little bit of back and forward, but it's Bob and Stacy. They're the, the newlywed fairy godparents as they called themselves. (laughs) They're so kind. It is true though. It kind of, so this is very random, but it just made me think about how when Jared and I were on vacation up in Montana a couple of years ago and like right in front of us, this guy started proposing to what? Yeah. So like right in front of us in front of this beautiful waterfall, this guy starts proposing to his girlfriend and then turn fiance in front of us. And I can only assume, but have absolutely no idea if like wife. So starts proposing and I was like, Jared, give me, give me a phone, give me a camera. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I go, yeah, hand me something, like anything with a camera. And so I like took all these photos of them. And then I was like waiting because I'd taken all these pictures. And finally, when they were done, like they had their moment and we're just kind of standing back awkwardly. I walked up, up to them and I was like, hi, um, so... I saw that this was happening and I took a bunch of photos of you. Oh my gosh, you're the nice people on vacation. (laughs) I mean, that was pure luck, pure luck. But I I was like, can I like send them to you in some way? And we were in a place that didn't have a whole lot of service. And so they like gave me their email. And then later on, I emailed all of their pictures to them. And I mean, we, they responded saying, you know, thank you so much. We never expected this and we really appreciate it, but. People can That's be really awesome. Good. First of all, that is so kind-hearted of you to do. Second of all, I have always wanted like for that to happen where I like witness a proposal and I never have. <laughs> oh, it was my first and I think only one. I I wouldn't sure I would remember if there was another. It was so cute and oh. so and Jared was just I love him, but he was like total stereotypical guy of like what what What's am I going on? <laughs> You're like, this guy is proposing right now. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, you are a good person to meet on vacation. That's awesome. Sometimes. Some yes, sometimes. Um, if we're like hot and pissed off, probably not the best time to meet us. Yeah. I'm hungry. That's (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Chapter 28. That's another one happening this summer. Poppy and Alex check into a hotel that's $70 a night and basically an explosion of Crayola colors, but the AC works excellently. Alex immediately runs in to take a shower while Poppy waits and takes note of kind of how she feels after everything that's happened between them. Um, And she kind of has this internal dialogue, but ultimately she says that she feels light and happy. So that's gotta be a good sign. (laughs) When she returns from her shower this time, Alex is already asleep in one of the queen beds. Poppy debates if it's too soon to sleep together, even though they just slept together, (laughs) and instead chooses to spend her night sleeping on the other bed in the room, concluding that no matter what this means, um, she's not going to let it get in the way of their friendship. So I feel like that sends a weird message to him. It does. I would be like... I don't know. I feel like if I were him or if that situation happened to me where like I just had a very intimate moment with someone and they were like, no, nah, I'll just sleep over here. I'm like, what? Really? Like, I would second guess everything. Yeah. 
I wonder too, I mean, I guess I feel like you could look at it like that, or there's also the like, he was already asleep. If you want to talk about consent, like, was that okay? So maybe she's just trying to be respectful and not just like, hey, I'm going to sleep next to you. But it's not like she was doing anything. It's just going to be physically sleeping next to them. Definitely safe to not make the assumption. But if I was in his position, I would wake up and be second guessing everything. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, I'm sorry. I thought, especially because it's not like, I mean, I guess I don't know the scene, but if 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 he had fallen asleep, like in the middle of the bed, Maybe I would have been like, okay, you just want your own space. I get that. But if it, he was like clearly on one side, I I would probably take the other side, you know? Probably an invitation. Am I yeah. going to get like added for that? Um, at, to me, it's a recipe for miscommunication. For right sure. Here. Yeah. And this is where it all goes downhill. Just kidding. I don't, we're not there yet. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. Okay. Chapter 29, three summers ago, Alex shoots Poppy a text that they need to talk quick. And of course, this makes her nervous uh, again. Like she keeps having these moments of like, oh my gosh, I think he's going to cancel the trip. So this text of like, we need to talk makes her feel like, oh my gosh, he's going to text me that we need to cancel. We learned that Poppy is in a relationship with Trey, the photographer that she was supposed to go to Norway and Iceland with. So they've been able to connect um, after her sickness and I think got together while they were like in Hong Kong or something, which is pretty cool. And then Alex is actually back in his relationship with Sarah. So this particular trip, they are going on as couples and this makes Alex second guess if they're making the right decision by bringing everyone together especially because the four of them have only met a few times like sarah and trey i think they said have only met twice and alex may have only met trey one other time that kind of thing i think sarah is probably fine just because like poppy knew her from college too but for everybody else it's like oh i don't really know you that well Trey is another boyfriend that Poppy has introduced to her family and the way everything is going with him, it feels really serious. He um, kind of shares this story with Sarah and Alex about um, how, you know, he and Poppy met, how they spent their time with Poppy's family and they're doing all of this um, before going to Alex's dad's 60th birthday party. So they're in town for that, all met up, and then they're going to go to the birthday party afterward. Everything seems to be going really well for everybody, but Poppy also admits that Alex dating Sarah may have played a small role in her starting to date Trey to begin with. That's never a good sign. Like, you shouldn't just date somebody because someone else is dating somebody. But And also a sign you all probably shouldn't go on vacation together. Right. Yes. While at the birthday party, Alex's grandma, Betty, asks Poppy how things are going and if she feels that she, quote, loves him, Trey, like she loves Alex, to which Poppy responds, quote, I don't think I'll I'll ever love anyone the way that I love Alex, end quote. And Betty replies, quote, wish he knew that, end quote. So it's like... (laughs) Like, everybody's telling them to get together, and yet they're just not. 
There's so a that was like a, a, a quick flashback. Flash forward, we're back at the trip planning. Poppy is reassuring Alex that bringing along significant others is not a mistake. It will be great. And she's really trying to get along with Sarah, knowing how important she is to Alex. I don't think that they've ever had like anything go awry between them. I think it's more just like, hey, you're a girl, I'm a girl, we both like the same guy, that kind of thing. So I think she's just trying to make nice with that. The first night, oh, also, they're going to Tuscany. Beautiful, very romantic spot. I don't know if I, I don't know, whatever. So they're in Tuscany. <laughs> Things go well, awkward, but well. And by the end of the first few nights, everyone is kind of laughing, getting along, drinking like they've been friends for a while, which you would think is a really good sign. One night, Poppy finds Alex standing in the kitchen where he discovers his writing got picked up by a publisher. Poppy snaps a picture and sends out her congratulations. Um, and we know this reference because it was also the picture that Poppy showed him for his Tinder profile that he should use. Uh, later that night, while they're celebrating, Poppy just feels nauseous the whole evening and is like barely even sipping on her drink. By the next morning, she is in a full-blown pregnancy scare panic, and Alex is there with her every step of the way, even, even offering himself as someone who would take care of her if she did end up being pregnant. Like, she was very much like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what we would do, how we would handle this. And he's like, I'll always be there for you. Like, we will take care of it, blah, blah, blah. So he's making this a very we thing. As she takes the test, they actually all come back negative, much to her relief. Um, but this kind of, I don't know, maybe it's like the, the let out of all of that panic and scare, but it, it causes Alex to break down. Um, and he reveals how scared he was for her. And as the moment kind of breaks, it dawns on Poppy that she is completely heartbroken by the fact that things could not truly and happily exist the way that she would want them to but she continues to love Alex. And I think ultimately, so Alex is scared because his mom died during childbirth. So of course he's very panicked about that. Poppy is feeling these feelings because she's like, well, this is a moment that I'm sharing with Alex and not Trey, who's like, would have been the baby daddy. Like also, why are they here when this would have been so much more with me and Alex? And that's where she's realizing she can't have everything existing on the same plane at the same time. It's just never going to work out that way. Yeah. Well, the fact that she wants Alex to be there in that moment and not yeah. Trey says a lot in it. And then it also says something, his breaking down because of his mom passing away when having a child is like one thing, but then I think it also just says how much he cares about Poppy and mm -hmm. the possibility of, losing her and the effect that that would have on him yes I and I think like you can tell I don't think man I don't know how I'm trying to say this he's he cares about her so much he definitely does not want to lose her but I do think that him I mean he almost like sees her as part of his family like she's that close that like losing her would almost be like losing his mom all over again which like she's not a mom she's not his mom you know she it's not that kind of dynamic but it's definitely like they are just so close at that point in their lives that it, it would be like he lost his mom and have to go through all of that grief all over again 
Yeah, do you think, and this is me speculating wildly because this isn't in there at all, but do you think it also is maybe that it's not him and that it is Trey's? Like, do you think there's any sort of sadness in that? I'm sure that there is because we know how he's felt toward other boyfriends. Like, he's always been maybe not necessarily jealous, but very standoffish and just like, Poppy, you can do better. Like, I always want what's best for you. I know that, you know, you can do better than this kind of thing. But I do, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that's also part of why he's like, oh, thank God. Like, almost like relief that she's not pregnant because it's not his. Yeah, that I thought that, like, I do think a majority of it is like what you were saying, that Mm -hmm. any possibility of losing her even if it was just this overwhelming emotion that came to him in this moment, I think that that takes up most of it. But part of me thinks that there's more to it. That he is also having this realization that he loves her. Yeah. Well, not only loves her, but like, would maybe want to have a family with her, like can see himself in, especially, I mean, who just offers, I mean, obviously they're really good friends, but he basically offered like, we will take care of you. Like, if you need a place to be, if you need someone to look out for you, I will be that person. To me, that was also both of them very quickly assuming that Trey wouldn't right. want to be involved or... Which is kind of mean. We don't know Trey that well, but, like, <laughs> how can you just assume that? <laughs> yeah, but I feel like they both did. Yeah, well, and then I feel like, again, they're making a lot of these judgment calls outside of Sarah as well. Like, there's no way Sarah would be like, oh, yeah, let me just take in another woman and her child. Sounds good. Yeah, poor Sarah. I know. she's She gets the short end of the stick every time. She really does. Ugh, I feel bad for her. Chapter 30, this summer. It's the day of David's bachelor party, so Alex's younger brother. Alex went off on his morning run, leaving a note that said that he was out running and that he'd also picked up the car from the shop after the tire was replaced. They then go sit by the pool for a while and then kind of start to argue whether the other person regrets the night before by like beating around the conversation before finally asking the question. So to prove that Alex does not regret anything, they have sex again before leaving for the bachelor party that evening. So they just have that awkward like, how are you? Is everything good? <laughs> like, okay. just like weird. And like, instead of just being like, hey, are we, how are things with us? Like, do you regret last night kind of thing? So finally she asks the question. Their communication is terrible. Terrible. And it just gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> so they have sex before the bachelor party that evening and then make their way to this like lavish, I can only assume it's like a mansion in freaking Palm Springs. Um, They pull up there and are quickly spotted and greeted by David when they arrive and they just kind of take in what an amazing place they're at. Like there's, I mean, I've got to imagine it's like 20 foot ceilings and archways. There's, you can see the pool and the gardens back there. I think there's an amazing view. Like it just sounds gorgeous. Extravagant. Extravagant. Yes. To say the least, very lavish. Um, Alex and Poppy have undeniable chemistry and David picks up on that pretty quickly. Also the fact that I think they walk in like holding hands and it's like, oh wow, okay, you guys are together. And David seems 
overall really happy for them that they're finally getting together. Um, Alex goes off, I think, to get drinks for them. And so David and Poppy have a chance to talk just the two of them where he reveals that Alex was actually planning on proposing to Sarah and didn't. Eek. E. And I think it came up like casually. It's not like he was like, oh my gosh, by the way. But it was like their conversation took it that way. And I, again, Poppy hadn't been in Alex's life the past two years. So she didn't realize just how serious that relationship was. And of course, this whole time, Alex has not wanted to talk about Sarah at all. So how was she supposed to know? Um, this, of course, sends Poppy into a spiral, realizing that she might have been the, the reason that Alex hadn't been able to propose and that she was incredibly selfish for doing that. Like it just, it just now dawned on her that, that she's the other woman. <laughs> Um, however, David tells her that he is, quote, glad Alex has you now. End quote. What a mess. What a mess. Yeah. And of course, like, poor David's just like, oh, yeah, probably like, oh, you've already been filled in. This is what's going on. <laughs> oh, well, and it was very much one of those things where he's like, so happy you guys are finally together. We've all wanted this for so long. You know, good thing that Mary, that proposal didn't really work out with right. Sarah. Like, and she's just sitting there thinking, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. So, like, um, uh, say, say that again. What? What was that? The uh, ring? And a down on one knee, that kind of proposal mm -hmm. or like a business proposal? Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, here is my memo. Please proofread that. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's very, I mean, I would be shocked, but equally, how could you, I mean, I just, it makes me just wonder, like, why is she so naive? Like, they've been off again, on again. Why would he not propose to someone that he's probably been with for several years? Like, why has that never crossed her mind? <laughs> yeah, it is odd that she and she her realization of, oh, I'm probably the reason, like you said, well, duh. Yeah. Um, OK, yeah, it's you. Um, surprise. <laughs> yeah, <well. laughs> uh, you are the problem. It's you. Yeah. Um, but you're still rude. I still root for them. I mean, yeah, obviously you're going to root for them. They're the, they're the couple that you want to have happen, but it just like, I just like, if this were to be adapted, which I think is, is going yeah. to be, as we talked about, um, I just am so curious how they will make, cause I feel like sometimes in this situation, the other woman is seen as like the villain. And so of course you want like the two main people to get together and the other girls just like, oh, she's bad. She's not good for him, whatever. But in this case, like Sarah did nothing wrong. Nothing. Yeah, wrong. that's a good point. I do hope that they don't make her out to be some like uppity, snobby or right. bitchy Ratty. character. Yes. yes. Um, because she definitely hasn't been. And honestly, if she did have any... Any attitude, it's um, pretty, like, I don't know, warranted. Yeah, uh, <laughs> to put that lightly, yes, it is very well warranted. So I, I will be curious because, I mean, she's, and she's been through Alex with, like, the passing of his grandma and, like, the fact, like, his first job. Like, she has been there for a lot of his 
big life events, even more so than Poppy has. Like Poppy gets to hear about it and, and see the good things that are happening. But Sarah moved there for him. Sarah lived there with him during that time. And so I feel like you can't just, I don't know, just discard her as this bratty person when she, when she's I bet they will. They'll just I try know, to make and that more- kind of bums me out. They're going to try to make it more palatable for people, and so yeah. they're going to make her suck. They're going to make her suck. They're going to make it obvious, like, oh, she was so wrong for him. But in reality, it sounds like they are really compatible. <laughs> Darn. Okay. In an obvious way. Yes. yes. We we digress. Chapter 31, this summer. Back at the hotel, Poppy seems on edge and Alex picks up on it. Poppy reveals that David told her about the ring and they kind of argue, but not really because Alex states that basically he's always wanted Poppy. And of course, this is why he and Sarah broke up. And then he starts to tell her how much she, Poppy, has influenced his life, including the fact that he got a vasectomy because of her Tuscany pregnancy scare. He ultimately reveals that he also contemplated long and hard about his love for Sarah before he broke things off. He's the one that was going to propose but walked away. Oh, yeah. So broke things off with Sarah and basically it was like he finally figured out that what he what he wanted in his life and it was Poppy. They end their night again, revealing that they both love each other and they don't need to be scared and like fight it off because this is what's right. And then we... They, they sleep next to each other, all cuddly. Everything's good. Then the next day at the rehearsal dinner, um, the next night, I should say, they run into Alex's dad, who tells Poppy to call him Ed. <laughs> I love that. And he is having a hard time trying to keep it together while his son gets married. But his wife, who he just loves and adores, is not there to see it with him. Then an eruption of squeals escape the room and Alex and Poppy turn to see Alex's nieces and nephews surrounding them. So, okay. Seems like there's a lot going on. <laughs> In all of this unloading that Alex does, do we ever know? And I, cause I can't recall, but I don't think it's mentioned. Do we know when that was like that whole proposal breakup happened? So there's this two year period, but like, did that happen? Like, 23 months ago or did that happen like a year ago I don't right. know when was this how you know that's a really good it? point I think I would have to reread because I don't know that we we just know that it happened I don't know that because you're right like it could was it three months before they went on this trip okay yeah because so let's say it happened so Croatia, whatever, blow up was two years ago this is obviously all happened within the past two years so let's say Alex Whatever happened after Croatia, he went home. I don't even know if we know if he was with Sarah when they went to Croatia. I was going to say, was he dating Sarah when they went to Croatia? I don't know. But, okay, so let's say, let's say, like, at that, like, the 23 months, 23 months prior to this present day, that that was when that happened. So has he gone almost two years loving her and literally not saying anything? Or has he gone, like six months and has been trying to just figure out how he was gonna do all of this and get her back yeah I think it's the latter I think that if he would either he was single in Croatia and got back together with Sarah or he was dating Sarah in Croatia and 
went home, continued dating her, and then realized a couple months, whatever, a year or so later, like, oh, yeah, actually, I don't like you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I'm just questioning what period of time he has has happened between the proposal and present because I want to know how long he's been contemplating this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we know. I, I would definitely have to read it closer, but I don't think we need to, I don't think we know. And, and I mean, to your point too, it's like, okay, why are you just sitting on this when like, when you could have said something or like, maybe you would have known Poppy was single. Like, why not just say, I don't just reach out, but they literally like didn't talk except for maybe like, Hey, how are you? For two years. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, is right. Uh, chapter 32 this summer. Poppy and Alex show just how well they can work together and are pretty nurturing with Alex's nieces and nephew. They are playing and overall having a really good time during the rehearsal dinner. Side note, I said, if this were me, I think I'd be really pissed and annoyed that, like, my sibling was running around chasing kids like during my rehearsal dinner but whatever it's palm springs things are different i guess i said <laughs> it's not my wedding so then the speeches kick off um with david and alex's dad ed just sharing some words and he basically can't really hold it together but he does get out you know how much um how much he recognizes that he wasn't there for the boys when they were growing up and that he's just really excited to welcome David's fiance, Tham, Tham, I'm saying Tham, maybe it's Tam. Oh, shoot. Shoot. I was T-H- saying. I was saying Tham because of T-H-A-M. Yeah, I said Tham, but Tam might be right. I- He's not a huge character. Um. (laughs) So, Tham, he's excited to welcome him into the family. Later that night at the hotel, Alex and Poppy fall into bed together, to fall into bed together, being reminded that tomorrow is the last day of their trip. And also, it is the wedding day, which, like, why would you go back the same day as the wedding? I question that, too. What? Okay. The next day, they rush to get ready for the wedding. After the wedding, they are driving back to the hotel and fall asleep holding each other, not really sure of how all of this is going to play out once they get back to the realities of life. Um, They don't even live in the same state anymore. So how is this going to work? Might be an important conversation. Yes, might be pretty important to figure out, but also could understand maybe not doing it when you're drunk from a wedding. (laughs) They are late getting up the next morning and getting to the airport, but they make it in just the nick of time. Things are a little shaky, but overall going well until they reach their gates. As Alex begins boarding for his flight back to Ohio, Poppy reveals that R&R actually never approved of this trip. I don't know why this part's like a big deal for him, but Alex like is very distraught about this fact. Um, then, then she goes on, like, she's trying to like blunder through this whole, like, oh no, no, it's because of this. And like, I was trying to do this. Um, and basically she tells Alex, she was just trying to find her happiness, which is half of the conversation that she had had with Rachel, which like started this whole trip to begin with. And then 
it comes across to Alex that this was like a weird therapeutic thing for her to do and that these aren't her actual feelings. She's just trying to like fill this void in her life. Um, when Alex finally boards his flight, because of course Poppy's like, no, that's not what I meant. That's not what I'm saying. I'm like s struggling to find the right words here. Alex is like, no, no, no. I'm taking this at face value because clearly this is what you mean. And he tells her that they really like probably shouldn't talk anymore and um, ends with saying that he knows what he wants and he just needs Poppy to figure that out for herself. He leaves to get on the plane standing outside of the gate and Poppy then realizes that the airport is actually a very lonely place. So yeah, this is where it all fell apart. <laughs> really did. It fell apart quickly quickly and um, like and I kind of like not that it's not justified but like do you feel like it was a little bit of an overreaction because I do I concur I do feel like it was a bit much um I mean he went from being like full speed ahead in love with her to potentially never seeing her again because yeah. he wants her to quote figure herself out sorry that's my quote I don't think that that's a <laughs> quote myself yeah <laughs> figure yourself out um it's a bit drastic uh and yeah. also probably not the best time like why would you want to end it on that note I'm not saying it needed to end like super happy but maybe you could have ended it on a we clearly have a lot to work on together and discuss. It's a bit of an overreaction. Um, I mean, she also just kind of like word vomited in a, a, not incoherent, but she left out a lot. Yeah. And she, she sucks at telling how she really feels too. So like, yes. that doesn't help the situation. Yes. I, I agree. I, she definitely was just like, Oh, this is what I'm trying to do. And it's like, okay, if you would have maybe taken like five deep breaths, <laughs> you, right. could have, you could have said it right. And I just like, I don't know. It just, to me, it was kind of shocking that, like you said, he was like full steam ahead. I love you. Let's figure out this life together to all of a sudden being like, wait, your company didn't pay for this trip. Wait, you're going to therapy. Wait, I'm like, well, shut up, Alex. Like, this, is, this is a lot that you're saying. Maybe you're the in, problem. In the airport where people are seeing this. Yes. It was dramatic. It was. It was dramatic. It was a little, it was a little much. I do feel like this could easily be unraveled and solved, but apparently not. Nope. <laughs> apparently. And so after, so he's gone this whole time, literally didn't propose to a girl because he loves her, but now he's just okay with potentially, he insinuates never seeing her again because she needs to get her life together, which yeah. like, okay. And but also like, okay, she was trying to tell him like, you're my happiness. I was going out to find my happiness and like, you are what makes me happy. And he was just like, Ugh. I'm, uh, I'm gonna get on my plane. I'm like, come on, dude. She's like telling you this. Yeah, I don't she know. didn't do it very well, but I feel like the point was there. The point was there. The reader got it. But we also <laughs> know all the background. <laughs> Dang it, Alex. We know what's going on. We, we do. Figure it out, dude. <sighs> all right. 
So that explosion happens. <laughs> Chapter 33, two summers ago, the infamous trip to Croatia. We finally I know. know. Alex Poppy and the photographer Bernard, <laughs> he's an r and photographer, are on the trip together. Bernard, while very kind, cannot seem to take a hint that Poppy and Alex wanted to spend even just like five minutes talking together because he's just always there. Love him, but he's just always there. Um, so he just goes everywhere with them, sightseeing, dinner. He even sh ends up sharing a room with Alex because he assumed that like the two men should share a room and Poppy get her own space. And Poppy was like, no, 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 it was booked so that like Alex and I shared a room and you had your own space, but they couldn't waver his thoughts. So Poppy got her own room. Also, this is another moment where they could have put their foot down and been like, no, you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So Especially because Poppy could have been like, I booked this trip. Um, yeah. I have the itinerary. I know who's sleeping in what room. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, Alex is my friend, not yours. Yeah. So yeah. enjoy your private time. Right. I just, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Alex and Poppy prior to this trip hadn't really been speaking a lot. So it was going to be really exciting for them to reconnect again in person. Poppy was going to tell Alex everything that went down with her breakup with Trey. Again, like, unless I missed it, I don't know if we know Alex's current relationship. I don't think we do. I don't think we do. But she was going to like fill him in on everything that happened with Trey because they broke up. Um, after getting Bernard drunk at dinner on their, like, last night, they, they are also getting pretty tipsy, so it's not like they were just, like, poisoning this poor man, but, um, they, they finally are able, like, he's drunk enough, Bernard is drunk enough and passed out, but Alex is finally able to sneak over to Poppy's room so they can, like, hang out and talk for even just a little bit, um, without being, like, interrupted or, like, hey, what are you guys doing? Or let me join you. Um, during this time, since it, again, they're a little bit tipsy, Alex and Poppy share a kiss, but it's pretty intense and deep. And next thing you know, they're like basically making out, questioning if they should move things forward. But Alex is the one that stops them. And this makes Poppy feel embarrassed and that the situation was being misread. And she's kind of like, oh my gosh, like, am I the one that took it too far? Um, and basically Alex acts kind of like it didn't happen I mean he he apologizes to her like hey sorry about last night but ultimately they're both like okay let's just forget it like let's just pretend it never happened and once again their friendship falters and fizzles and eventually fades over two years without talking all of that for a kiss yeah. all right not gonna <laughs> lie I just thought it was gonna be something bigger Right? I was really, kind of let down about Croatia. <laughs> I really, to me, like, to not talk for two full years over that, which yeah. was, like, really just another miscommunication, misunderstanding. And, and, to her point, to flush ten years of being best friends down the drain I don't know. I really, we've had all this buildup. I thought it was going to be bigger. Yes, I did too. I don't know what exactly I thought. I maybe like, I don't know, some sort of affair, which like, I don't know how they, they could because they were never together. Like, I just thought it was going to be 
or like she did something that really betrayed his trust or I don't know, like, I mean, to me, I was like, oh my gosh, like does her boyfriend and his girlfriend get together and that just like ends everything, you know, like that crossed my mind in Tuscany. Yes. I I could have even seen, I mean, 10 years is still drastic, but even that fight that they had in the airport at present, if something similar had happened in Croatia where he was just like, figure your shit out, get out of here, go. I can't do this anymore. Like even that I could potentially see, I would yeah. probably would have the same thing, like same reaction of, okay, Alex may be a bit dramatic, but let's say they had this, finally this big blow up because they've had all this tension and have never actually addressed it. And then they just escalates into this big fight. Even that I could have seen. But like a drunken tipsy kiss was bound to happen. Yes, it was bound to happen. I'm surprised it didn't happen when they were in New Orleans. I'm surprised that it was going to happen. Yeah, I'm surprised they've been friends for 10 years, single and all this, and it hasn't happened. Yes. Especially because, like, you know how much they're drinking on these trips. (laughs) Yeah, they went to NOLA. Right. Not a place where you go, well, for most people to be sober. Yeah, exactly. And I do, I mean, I think we brought this up before too, but I feel like a lot of these vacations are like kind of intimate places like you would want to go with a significant other. So it's yeah. like a, like the formula has been there all along. I'm surprised it's taken you this long. And then for this to be the fallout afterwards, I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah, I was a bit let down by it. No diss to Emily Henry. No, because not at all. But I thought I it was going to be more. Yeah. Okay, chapter 34, this summer, Poppy cannot stop thinking about that Croatia kiss, their first kiss, so much so that it is distracting her at work. And obviously she's thinking about more than the kiss, like everything that's happened between the two of them, it's very distracting. And her boss, Swapna, calls her out on it and offers, um, again, kind of like as this mentor, like, hey, I can tell you're in a funk. And says, maybe you should just take some time and come back and, you know, feel refreshed. Um, She said that she might be experiencing something called uh, millennial burnout. And a break could be really helpful. And Poppy's like, well, was it helpful for you? Like, have you ever experienced something like this? And she was like, yep. And I've bounced back every single time and everything's good for me. But Swapna, again, is just showing that she's someone that can pick up on what her employees are going through and really just wants everything to be okay for Poppy. So she's encouraging her to just take some time for herself. Yeah. Let's just not make the burnout thing about a generation. Right. Like, yes. But it is, they did call it millennial burnout. In I the book, know. Sure. <laughs> no, I know they did. And that's why I'm like, that can happen to anyone at any time. <laughs> anyone don't have to be a millennial, but, uh, and if it is happening to a specific generation more than most, then maybe we should take a closer look at that. Yeah, okay. maybe we should figure out why that's happening. Hmm. hmm. I okay. wonder. <laughs> Overworked and underpaid? What? Never heard of it. <laughs> In America? No. <laughs> this isn't political. This isn't political. <laughs> these are my personal feelings. Yeah, these are just how I feel on a day-to-day basis. As someone who stepped away from corporate America. <laughs> As someone who also stepped away from corporate America yeah. to build her own adventure. Woo! Yes! 
Okay. <laughs> Poppy, um, during her break, also takes it upon herself to contact Rachel's mom, who we know is a therapist, and kind of starts to hash things out in her life, as one does. Um, she also takes up some random new hobbies that she never really seems to complete, but the idea is there <laughs> to, like, try something new. I don't know. Then one day, Poppy is on her way to meet Rachel when she sees someone that she has identified as a high school bully on the train. And he recognizes her right away. But I think also to her surprise, he apologizes for what happened in high school. Um, and it, it really startles Poppy a bit, but she does let him say his piece. I mean, I think he's like, how are you? And it somehow it got brought up about therapy. And she, he was like, oh, gosh, I hope that, you know, the things that I said or did aren't what, like, push you to therapy. I'm so sorry about that. I think he even goes to say, like, I've tried to look you up on Facebook because I wanted to apologize this whole time. Like, you can tell that the way things went between them in high school has been really eating at him. And I think that's kind of crazy that after all of that time, he's like, I, I really have wanted to say I'm sorry. And I hope that you're doing well. Um, this emotion really takes over Poppy, like after they've parted ways, um, that by the time she reaches Rachel, she is full blown crying. Um, and she concludes that she not only needs to quit her job, but she also states, quote, I think I figured out why I've been so unhappy, end quote. Duh. <laughs> Wasn't that the whole point of going to Palm Springs to begin with? Poppy, I could have told you. Yes. I think Rachel could have told her. Mom <laughs> could have saved you a lot of time and a lot of pain. Yes. Maybe you should have gone to therapy sooner. Sooner, yeah. Maybe also, maybe you should quit your job sooner if that's what was putting a lot of pressure on you and not going well. But whatever, you got to pay your bills somehow, I guess. Um, but I kind of want to go back to the high school bully thing because – I was a little bit shocked that a some an encounter like that was written in, but I also am more shocked that like he wanted to apologize. Like when has that ever happened? That's oh, so I cool. thought it was amazing. I yes, that was awesome. And like you was- could tell that he was remorseful. He's also like married, has kids. You know, he's older, wiser. He knows that what he did wasn't good, and he was owning up to it. Well, and I thought it was funny not funny she's so caught off guard by it like is this a joke is there some sort of punchline here and he's like no 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 I really just genuinely feel bad about what happened and when I saw you I needed to apologize yeah like has that has that happened I don't well I don't know (laughs) I don't know I just like commend this fictional character for um his growth and and I mean that's hard too honestly like I'm not not to justify anything but like teenagers are stupid and and mean honestly that's take some courage and some bravery to like address what you you know a, a mistake in the past like that and to be so upfront about it so I thought it was cool that it was written in it caught me a little bit off guard I didn't expect any of that trauma that we've learned 
about her earlier in the story mm-hmm. to really come back. I thought it was just kind of this character development so that you knew where she was coming from, mm-hmm. why she was the way she was, all of that. But I didn't expect there to be any sort of closure with that. And I, I liked it. I thought it was a, a nice addition to the story. Yeah, I think that's the best word is we finally got closure, or she got closure on a pretty traumatic chapter of her life. And I think that's why she was so like taken aback by it. Like, oh my God you're literally my bully and you're saying you're sorry. Like what is happening? (laughs) Right. And also taken aback too, because I don't think she or anyone in that position ever expects that sort of full circle moment and the closure that that would bring. Mm -hmm. So I also feel like that's a good sign of like, maybe things are looking up for her. (laughs) Like, you're getting True. closure from your bully. Maybe things in your future will also continue to get better. <laughs> but what an emotional day. Yeah, seriously. The girl is just, she's having a rough ride. She really is. So instead of going to her therapist, she went to drink wine with her therapist's daughter. <laughs> close, as close you enough. do. Yes, as one does. Chapter 35, This Summer. Poppy goes to her hometown for a long weekend. She is picked up by her adorable parents at the airport, sporting huge, like, I love New York and all of this stuff, just to make her feel at home. They're um, so cute. They are so cute. And of course, she's missed her family, but she admits to them that she's also really missed Alex, which is part of the reason why she's home. Poppy makes her way to the high school that day. I think it's like a Friday where Alex teaches, but it's locked or closed for the day, or the security guard is just like, I don't know you, you can't just walk into the school. Um, So while she is like getting ready to leave and try to go find him elsewhere, Sarah sees her. Poppy kind of apologizes to Sarah. And this is what kind of put me off a little bit is that she never really says like, I'm sorry about where, like the wedge that I was between you and Alex. She basically says that she's sorry for the friendship she has with Alex and like, I don't know. It just, it never felt like sincere to me that she was like, Hey, I'm sorry that like, this is where I stood between you guys. And I recognize that now. And I, I feel really bad that your relationship broke up with because of me. She was mostly just like, Hey, I'm sorry that Alex and I were friends. Yeah. She really left out the second sentence or the comma and yeah. For the wedge that that put between the two of you and another comma and I'm sorry yes. that, that, that I didn't recognize it until now. Yes. And so kind of says it for her, though. A yes. Little bit. A little bit, but also like, especially like you just got closure from your, the, from a person you never expected I would think she would maybe turn around and do the same thing to Sarah, but it just doesn't feel like she got that deep with her. (laughs) Yeah, justice for Sarah. Yeah, just freaking justice for Sarah. (laughs) I love that. I feel so bad. (laughs) I know, I know. They need to do for justice. I'm still rooting for Poppy and Alex, but like yeah. girl did not deserve that. She didn't. She really, really didn't. She's wasting years of her life. Years. And she's not even from Ohio and she moved there. Like right. for that, like, I don't know. It just, yeah, I'd be, and especially like 
again, years. That's years spent getting to know someone's family, getting a closeness with them, and, and just to like lose all of that because of this girl who won't even apologize for it. <laughs> I would be pretty upset. So justice for Sarah, heard that. <laughs> Uh, Sarah then tells Poppy that Alex is likely at a local bar slash like teacher hangout with the other staff members because it's Friday and that's what they do. She look conveniently the bar is right across the street from the school. So <laughs> don't know what kind of town this is, but uh, she walks into the bar scanning the room for him and then finally sees him. Poppy basically pours her heart out to him, telling him all of the ins and outs about how she's been working on herself, um, but equally how it's always been him. Like, she, he had said it to her, like, he has always known that he wanted her, and she kind of reciprocates saying that this is what she's always wanted too, and that she would be willing to give up a lot to be with him, whether that meant, you know, she leaves her job, moving to Ohio, whatever that looks like, like she's willing to consider that. After finishing her speech, Alex doesn't really say too much. Um, he's kind of like, oh, cool, cool speech. <laughs> he's pretty guarded and doesn't want to get his hopes up just to be let down again. Um, and he it, basically that's what he tells her. Poppy leaves the bar again, embarrassed and tearful, and but lets him know before fully walking out that he, she doesn't regret telling him anything that she said, and she's very much in love with him. And then she walks out the door, and she really starts to cry. Okay, again, what the heck, Alex? <laughs> I really, I really did not like how he handled this whole situation. No. I, I don't understand. She literally did what you asked. Yes. What you told her to do in the airport. And then she flew across, well, halfway across the country to come see you and to pour her heart out in front of other people too. Like this is, I mean, guaranteed it's a bar in Ohio. I can't imagine like it's that big, but she still did that. And then to just be like, I'm sorry. We're just too different. Yeah. Like, what the hell? That's, what? I'm, I'm with you. Like, she did everything he asked, and it still wasn't enough for him to be like, oh, my gosh, you've changed. <laughs> I did not like it. I was kind of, I'm kind of mad at yeah. that part. I am, too. And, like, and maybe he was just, like, trying to collect himself or, like, play it off in front of other people. I don't know. But either way, I feel like you don't. You don't do that. You don't you don't let someone do that and then just be like, Yep, I'm not ready for it. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. Nice. Yeah, good good to hear from you too. <laughs> chapter 36 this summer. Also, our last official chapter. Then we go to the epilogue. Okay. Uh Poppy's borderline asthmatic with her with her emotions. <laughs> blame her? No, I can't. Um, she is like at her car trying to get in, just wheezing, crying, like cannot see anything. But then she hears him call her name. Alex reveals that he has also been seeing a therapist and admits to her that he is scared of what this relationship could mean or turn in, turn into. Um, but he equally never wants to live without her and calls her his home. 
But he couldn't say that in the bar? No. Of course not. He needed a dramatic pause to think about it. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. It's okay. I'm fine with it. But he literally could have figured that out 30 seconds ago. Yeah, honestly, he could have figured it out months ago at the airport, but he didn't. <laughs> because I feel like, again, she kind of poured her heart out there. It was more like a word vomit, but, like, she definitely let him, I'm, again, in so many words, know that she loves him and that he's her happiness. And she did it again, and he was still like, yep, I'm also seeing a therapist. <laughs> what? <laughs> Great, we both got into therapy yeah. and love each other. All right, I guess we can try to make this work. Yeah. Well, looks like this is how I'll start our next chapter. (laughs) Uh, The epilogue. I'm assuming current times. Alex and Poppy are taking a tour of New York together, and we learn that Alex has actually moved there. They are sharing an apartment and just living their goofy, lovely lives together. Poppy has left R&R with her boss being so supportive of that change for her. And she now writes articles about things happening around New York to be in a publishing called People You Meet in New York, which I think is like her self-published kind of thing. Like she's doing this all for her, all for herself. The next summer, they plan to complete the Norway trip that her sickness got in the way of. Uh, And they are also going to tackle working on Betty's house together, seeing where they feel like they fit best, whether that's back in Ohio or in New York. But ultimately, they fall in love more and more each day, and Poppy has finally found her happiness. Happy days. I feel so sarcastic doing a rom-com. Like, I feel like I am just knocking this down so many pegs but <laughs> also please do not mistake the areas that I say I'm mad at that I am but that does not mean anything when it comes to my pure enjoyment yes oh yeah when, <laughs> hundred percent this so we did it we, we did finished. it another book checked off our list <laughs> I'd waited so long to read this one that I read it in not three weeks and much shorter. Amount. Yes. Yes. Well, after I found out that you did that, I also did that. So <laughs> I finished it up before we talked about it as well. I had to. I had to. I couldn't help myself. So, all right. Do you want me to leave my review? Yes. Go for it. Because I didn't write one out. So I'm just going to have to word vomit my review. <laughs> I wrote this out in about two seconds. So I feel like it doesn't actually encompass all that I would want to say, but here I go. Uh, So to quote the novel or take from the novel, like Emily Henry truly, truly speaks to me. And she did so with this book as well. It is like my ideal rom-com narrative minus a few things that I would probably change, but I didn't write it. So it's fine. And I think that Emily Henry is truly the master of witty banter. This is the, I think it's the third book, I think. Third or fourth. I'm trying to look at my bookshelf at the same time. Um, that I've read of hers. And she just is so, so, so good at dialogue. And every single novel, including this one, I find to be so captivating. Truly, like, cannot put it down, as I've mentioned. I think that it 
like whisked you away with all of their adventures. You fall in love with the characters, but still justice for Sarah. Like, oh, yeah, she deserves, she deserves <laughs> better. Um, and despite all of that, you're still rooting for Poppy and Alex or whoever the main characters are in her novels. Every time she's creative, the stories are quirky and it's definitely a five out of five stars for me. No doubt about it. Nice. Yeah, I I feel like I second a lot of what you said. I mean, once I got, after I found out you had read the whole thing, of course, I like read the rest of it in like two days because it, it does, it like, it captivates you, it takes you in. I loved all of the um, depictions of like the scenery and the adventures they took, like the, the one that they went to Canada in. I like, you know, the whole bonfire and like hanging out, like I could see myself in that exact position. So like her writing just really brings you places that you maybe have experienced before or weren't expecting. And I think that's awesome, especially for a book that's about so much travel. It's kind of like she did not fall short on any of the locations. Like you could really get a good picture of each place that they've been. Um, I, again, like, I just feel like I'm being so sarcastic when I talk about rom-coms. I do, I did really, really love it. I agree. Her banter is spot on. It just, it feels like conversations that I've had or that I've heard or that have already been written into a movie for me and I'm like watching perform. So her dialogue is amazing. Um, I just, like, I just feel like I downgrade it so much because I'm like, and then Alex was like, what a dick, you know, like, I can't. It's hard to talk about it. Though. It is. It's hard. It's hard to like dissect it. Um, but I would say four out of five stars for me, for sure. I really, really liked it. It was a really great read. Take it on vacation with you. It's super easy to get through. Um, and it just, it's a feel good book. It's, it really is. It's a happy, feel good. Everybody belongs with everybody in the end and except for Sarah <laughs> so so overall it's it's a wonderful book <laughs> if they oh man if they really paint her out to be just this horrible monster in the movie I might riot like <laughs> yeah I hope they don't I hope I mean I feel like she wrote it again like this is a book where like the script is there just use what she has and I think that if they do that Whoever picks up this production, they will do Sarah a little bit of justice. And because she wasn't a terrible person, she was a great fit for Alex. They had a lot of common interests. She was in it for the long haul and friggin' Poppy got in the way. <laughs> do not stray from the narrative that Emily Henry has provided you. So some other Emily Henry books, um, if you want me to get into those really quick, she has quite a few. Um, Happy Place, Book Lovers, Beach Read, Hello Girls, When the Sky Fell on Splendor, and A Million Junes. Those last three I'm not as familiar with. I'm but the not first either. three I am. <laughs> I am not either. I'm going to have to look those up. Yeah, I'm they're, they're on her Emily Henry website, so I know they're legit, but I had not heard of those before. Well, I'm very curious. Does she write YA? I don't know. I don't either. Yeah, the the covers of these last three books also seemed really distinctly different from the like other she's, four. She's got a brand for sure with the other yes. ones. Yes, but uh, I didn't know if the last three were more like 
YA or if that was just like her start and then she rebranded or what was going on. So just some more information for us to figure out, I guess. <laughs> um, Hello Girls definitely seems to be, which, okay, hold on. Side note, speaking of YA, and I just need to ask this. So community group thing, whatever, trying to meet people in my area. And someone was like, oh, like you should join this like women's group or whatever. And I was like, well, I go, the description of the group literally says young adult. And she was like, oh no, like everyone's in their early, mid and late twenties. And I go, I don't think that that's like young adult. And hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess I kind of agree, but I kind I'm of, like, I'm all also, for it. Yeah. I just like, when do you stop being a young adult? <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess for me, when I think young adult, like I definitely gravitate toward it, I guess the definition for books. Mm -hmm. And so when they were saying, I don't know, when they were like, oh yeah, there's this young adult group. I assumed it was like teenagers. Yeah. But, but no, it was early mid and late 20s <laughs> yeah they um, should have just put like the 20 year olds <laughs> really threw me off but i digress okay well so next week we are going to be starting a new book and it is called beautiful world where are you by sally Rooney. yay oh. i have mine it's just sitting on my nightstand uh, have you read anything by Sally Rooney? I have not. I have not. Okay. This, it'll be interesting to get your take on okay. her writing style. So, well, I guess I don't know if this one follows the same format. Because you've read Normal People, right? Normal People and Conversations with Friends. Okay. Right? But, so she's got an interesting a different style typically but okay. um so it'll be interesting to see if it follows the same format but um we're gonna be diving into I think some more like complex relationships and friendships Ooh. and so we shall see we'll let's see where that journey takes us yes I'm excited me too. This has been on my list to read for a long time as well because I have enjoyed her other books. But I do know, like, if you look at people's reviews and stuff, sometimes her writing style just doesn't click for some people. Mm -hmm. um, which Normal People was the first book of hers that I read. And I will say it did take me a minute to, like, oh, get, okay, okay. Like, get the flow of it and the cadence of what was happening. Um, also, I'm assuming. This is set in Ireland, um, or at least partially in Ireland, like her other novels too, but it is definitely written with a lot of like their Irish verbiage. And so sometimes that can also throw you when we're very American. Yes. Well, it sounds like we're going to have a lot of fun uh, pronunciations coming up then. <laughs> yes. Although our main characters are, at least from just what the book says, Alice, Felix, Eileen, and Simon. So okay. I got that. Anyone names, else? Names we can pronounce. Perfect. Yeah, but I got those. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll pick that up next week then. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening. 
Music for this podcast was created by Remington Haynes. Join the conversation by emailing us at narrativesandnightcaps at gmail.com or visit our website, narrativesandnightcaps.com. Until next time, we hope you're enjoying a wonderful narrative.